Benny, I think your Wang is guiding us home. It's magic. All right, cool. Let's jump right in. Uh, I'm Matt. He's Bob, and we're here with the analysis. Okay, how we doing, Bob? What's going on? Hey, happy Sunday, Matt. Happy Hayes. Sunday. All right, we're gonna be talking a couple of movies we've seen recently. We're at Swiss Army Man and uh, Wiener Dog. But uh, first, let's uh, let's get to who's sitting there with you, Bob. Well, Matt Hayes, former roommate of mine. I am currently sitting in a room with my roast recent former roommate, Bobby Peterson Peterson. Say hello to the people, Peterson. What up, what up? Hey, Bob, good to, uh, good, to, good to talk to you, and Bobby as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, we've we've also referenced Peterson. I've referenced some of his comments. He was the one who gave us the Bo Burnham suggestion early on, very early on in episode one. So there you go, Peterson. All right, well, let's jump right in because uh, I'm excited to hear what you thought about this movie. I uh, I saw it a couple of days ago, and you guys went the other day. Uh, Swiss Army Man, the uh, farting corpse movie <laughs> with uh, with Paul Dano and... Um, Harry Potter himself, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter himself. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, directed by The Daniels, who I guess... I didn't really know anything about them, but I guess they are, they're big in the music video scene. Um, they directed uh, the music video for Turn Down for What? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, but I, so what? What were your thoughts? What do you guys think? Well, it was Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Is that how you say his name? The two Dan's, Daniels. Yeah, correct. Yes. So those are the two the two directors. But we had a blast during this one. I mean, I'm, I speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure Bobby, I, I could watch you next to me as well in the theater. I I loved this thing, and it was billed as kind of castaway meets weekend at bernie's um but yeah yeah it's so true there was a lot of the movie uh warm bodies in this as well as far as human versus reanimated corpse and trying to learn from each other and i thought that was really fascinating yeah the, the reanimated the reanimation of the corpse of the warm bodies was the one that was the romeo and juliet kind of right. zombie movie spinoff with uh what was that kid's name also in mad max yeah it had Nicholas something or other. Nick Holt? Nick Holt? Holt? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that was with him and Rob Corddry and a couple others. But yeah, it was, I mean, that one movie was okay. I, I enjoyed this one a lot more. And found yeah, it was, myself... It was a, go ahead, Matt. No, it was, it, yeah, it was a wild ride. It was. I mean, the first 15 minutes, you're giggling right away. Paul Dano was the funniest I've seen him. He's really good. and uh, But it, it just goes into such dark places, and it's confusing, and then it's back to being light and and fun and it just goes in so many different directions it's so unique and then by the end i had no idea what i had seen or what i was supposed to think is the guy just an insane pervert who was living in the backyard of this woman he was stalking or <laughs> i mean like you, like you don't know what's real and 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 then at the end just like the final line is the girl like what the fuck yeah, Where she yeah. actually see him farts away into the ocean <laughs> I, I just didn't know what to believe. I was so like I was at a loss for words, but I I was enjoying it throughout. Yeah, I really enjoyed the absurdist, almost like absurdist theater about it. It felt kind of like a, almost like an Albert Aldby play. Not to get too theater queer on everybody, but it was it was very bizarre at some points, like you were saying, Matt. Where you're is some of this in his head because he's obviously has is losing it psychologically, um, and and then you're going. 
what's going on with you know was he ever marooned on that island kind of thing uh, but yeah I, I don't I want to spoil too much but and this is the one thing I was saying to Bobby was I'm really starting to look at the second the new wave of actors that are going to be coming up and we're going to be seeing them a lot primarily you know, predominantly in dramas, you know, the kind of the Matt Damon's and the Ed Norton's and the Leo DiCaprio's, they're kind of getting into the next phase of their career. And, and there's some new guys coming up. And Paul Dano is definitely one that's sticking out to me doing some really interesting movies because he did. Yeah, he's been coming up for a while. I mean, like ever since I mean, I mean, I know he had some stuff before this, but uh, there will be blood. I think really Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, uh, Love and Mercy was a movie uh, from last year that I know Bobby really enjoyed, and, and he suggested it to me, and I checked it out and really liked it too. So Paul Dano, to me, it's like I think he's going to be pretty bankable in terms of, and even Looper, I liked his character Looper a lot, but I think he's going to be pretty bankable. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this so, is the most I've enjoyed Daniel Radcliffe in anything he's ever done, Harry Potter included. I loved his character in this. Oh yeah, it was hilarious. It was great. I mean. Uh... I, I the the discovery of his abilities was awesome. I don't know how they even filmed half of this stuff. It, it I was yeah I was mesmerized. And yeah, he does a really nice job of playing dead, but also learning the world for the first time. It was so interesting. Yeah, the physical acting from Radcliffe is is phenomenal. Not just acting dead and you know cracking his neck here and there, but just like you're saying, like the visuals, the uh, the compass jokes. It's pretty cool because it's all practical, which is something you don't see too often in 2016. So it was great to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was really cool. And, and again, yeah. So Paul Dano is the the movie starts with him with a noose around his neck. You've seen it in the trailer, and he's you know, he's marooned on this island, very castaway style. And right before he's about to jump off and hang himself, Daniel Radcliffe's body wa- washes up on shore. And he quickly uh, starts carrying him around. Um, but well, first he rides him like a jet ski uh, <laughs> to some other uh, to some other land, um, uh, you know, kind of closer back to America, we'll say. And yeah, then the my, one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, when Daniel Radcliffe first wakes up and he's like, "Hey, buddy!" And then <laughs> Paul Dano just screams and cold cocks him and runs yeah. out of the runs <laughs> out of the. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, him teaching him about Jurassic Park. Oh, just, that was the best. Oh, God. I, I really don't oh, yeah, want to spoil um, too much of it. but No, whatever. I mean, anyone that had interest in watching this movie should not be watching, listening to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> they, um, yeah, the way he's like, they're going over all his favorite movies via like shadow puppetry. Um, we, all right. Well, I wanted to ask you guys this. So do you think the original island exists or it could just, the coincidence at the end with like the woman that he's in love with and it is the way to get he convinces Daniel Radcliffe that th- this was his like the woman he was in love with so he could keep his boner going so they could follow it as a compass um right. but but then when they finally when he he finds civilization it's it's just off of a highway and she, they're in the, her backyard and i th- thought that was so specific where you know, they come down and they see like the bus he's recreated where he met her, and it's. I I just feel like that's something that's been going on for years and years, and it's just him like escaped society and he grew a full beard. He must have been there for a while. Yeah, I think that, ba- I do face. think that the original island was in his mind. I do not think that he was actually ever in 
the first island. That's my take, at least. Yeah, I think it represents him just being emotionally deserted, socially deserted, just in every sense of the word deserted. Yeah. So, yeah, and then the whole thing, pretty much, he's been hanging out on that beach, which is, I'm guessing they're in the San Francisco Bay Area or something, and a body washes on shore for whatever reason, and that's how, you know, we begin. Yeah. Um, Because there were, in the final 15 minutes or so, you're you're taken in so many different directions where it's like, oh, like, this dead body was actually, like, this person's lover and... Or, I mean, there's so many ways it could go, but then his dad comes to ID the body and he hides from him, and uh, but then he reveals himself and it actually is his dad. So I think you're you're kind of taken in so many different directions right in that last moment. You're like, oh, this is what it was. The Daniel Radcliffe was actually this woman's husband. Oh, man. Oh, no, he's not. It's just an actual dead body. And this guy's really crazy. I, yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely. And then at the know. end, you're like, once you finally get it figured out, like, oh, man, this guy's like a stalker. He's a pervert. Man, that sucks. But then the the body actually farts away and it, people <laughs> recognize it as being real. It's caught on tape. And you're like, well, like, what's real? What What's in his mind? You, I mean, it's, yeah, there's really no, there's really no landing zone where you can kind of hold on to. Be like, this is what happened and this is what they meant to say. And there's really nothing like that. It's just kind of farcical and yeah yeah definitely has the almost monty python-esque um farce going on there so i you know i i you know it definitely didn't hit the usual beats that i was anticipating it to hit i was going okay the woman on the the phone is definitely going to be his ex-girlfriend or a girlfriend and no it very much became kind of a stalking story (laughs) which was which was odd but also kind of new and fresh and the whole movie was was very new and it's one of my and I was telling Bobby after the movie it was I think one of uh, the more enjoyable times I've had in the theater this year you know this this calendar year I one of my favorite movies this year one thing yeah, I learned about holy... it is if you take away all the absurdity and, and gross jokes and body humor, there's a real sweetness to the story. It's kind of creepy, but it's also sweet. You know, all the, the bus no, sequences and things uh, were my that... favorite parts of the film, actually. There's a lot of layers. It's, yeah, it's really well structured and it's just so bizarre, sweet, funny, uh, uh inventive there's just like so many ways to describe it it's one of the most wholly original movies i've seen in a long time for sure uh, and i think a lot of people a lot of people have kind of labeled it that as such uh one of the things i want to talk to you about which is i i kind of left the most impressed by where it's like the score is just like them just the two of them kind of humming and making up little dumb songs and and then it's just layered and 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 uh, and mixed together when that must it's a really cool idea it must have been fun to kind of get in the booth and create the score but it's going crazy i'm so crazy yeah the soundtrack was was actually done by uh two guys from the band manchester orchestra um, the lead singer and the other guitarist. There's there's minimal instrumentation, but like you said, it's mostly hums and and bums going on. Um, fun fact though is the singer Andy Hall actually has an appearance as the camera operator, which is pretty cool. Oh oh, the guy at the end who's filming. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's the singer of Manchester Orchestra. Apparently, Bobby no- Bobby recognized cool. him right away in the theater. So yeah, how did you? Uh, so what do we know about the how they created the score? Um, the, they actually did work with uh, the two actors. 
so they actually recorded some vocals for it. Uh, so it was a collaboration between actors and musicians, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it, it definitely shows in the in the movie because you'll have Paul Dano, the the character, and he really committed wholly to his character of Hank, just with humming and, and talking to himself at different points of the movie. And so he, so yeah, there'd be times where he'd go hum 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 bum 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 bum, and then that would bleed into the score of this this you know larger grandiose uh, chase or or uh, dramatic uh, score over the top of the movie. Yeah, it, I mean, and I, I couldn't help but think of that South Park episode where they mock Inception, where the guy's like, it's like making up, making up his own score, like he's scoring his own, like, oh, I'm about to kill myself. Would be a really sweet kind of score to have play right now, and be like, oh, and like, oh, oh, that this corpse is washing up. It's just really funny. Yeah, that kind of that stood out as being another one of the unique qualities. Yeah, I thought that was great. But uh, what would you say, Hayes? Would you give it out of five stars? We change the format of our rating almost every week. <laughs> but would you say uh, out of five stars, what would you give it? I'd give it a four. Uh, if we're doing like a yeah, I'll go, I'll do like a like a like a four point three. I guess like if we're going Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten yeah, Tomatoes yeah. score, not not knowing what that is. Yeah, let's right go now, out of ten. I'll say scrap the five stars. Let's go out <laughs> of ten. Change it on right now. All right, we'll change it up. We'll go. Uh, we'll, we'll be based on like what you imagine a Rotten Tomatoes score, the type of film you expect to see, and I'll say like a uh, like a a ninety two percent, so like a nine point two on a on a ten scale. Yeah, I'm around the nines. I give it a solid ninety percent. I was telling Bob as soon as we walked out of the theater, I instantly wanted to see it again. I haven't experienced that with the movie in a long time. Just instantly, not only. Just because I know I'm going to take more out of it the second viewing, but I was just so entertained. I wanted another two hours of that, even if it was the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, just to try to maybe like unpack more of uh, where this dude's coming from. But I think with that type of movie, if, if you tried to do that and try to like solve the uh, the secret of what they were going for, I don't think that exists. I, you know what I mean? I mean, there, I think there's aspects of that where uh, I, he just a super lonely guy that got. Had this one shining moment with a girl on the bus and couldn't bring himself to say anything to her and decided to run into the woods in despair. Yeah. I don't know. It's, but yeah, I think there was. It'd be an interesting second watch for sure. What do you guys think about the the fact that uh, I read about this um, when it premiered at Sundance? There was like um, a, a lot of walkouts or or not necessarily booze, but but uh, it was well publicized uh walkouts i don't know people i we did talk about this as well i people are are so damn sensitive sometimes and this movie is is at its core a silly movie and people were i i can see where i guess people were upset because it has to do with like corpse you know mutilation or yeah i mean he's not mutilating the corpse but you know he's hauling abuse the dead of corpse. corpse abuse of a corpse and like there's different gags where he shoves a cork up his ass to like get him to stop farting and different bits like that yeah uh i i don't know if you're if that upsets you then you know good luck because you're gonna have a, a long go of it here <laughs> in in america because I, I i don't see why this would should upset anybody or would upset anybody but yeah, but it was also kind of a, a festival darling, and I know that the Daniels won the directing award at Sundance. I don't think it won the overall best picture, but I know that a lot of people really enjoyed it and enough for it to get pick, picked up and mass produced. So, uh, yeah, yeah, 
Well, let me say this. I mean, I've never been to Sundance, but I, th- I, a lot of people are there. I think it's like a prestige show, but also people are just there to cover it. They don't really give a shit, and also people are there to buy, you know, uh, product or whatever you want to say, um, uh, platforms. But I think people have a lot to see as well. So it's like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Um, I've got to leave to go see something else now. Like I think you can get a sense of it right away if your schedule's so packed. Or if pe- if I don't feel like there's a ton of uptight like oh fart and boner humor boo yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I can't imagine oh, it's, it's not yeah I can't I can't imagine that's the scene up there it's you know it's a it's a place where people go to party and and schmooze and pretend that they know what they're talking about yeah I'm um, sure that Sundance has a lot of hoity-toity people but at the same t- you know if you see the first five minutes we all know what happens before the title sequence like it's it starts really absurd and it sets a tone right from the beginning. But if you keep watching, all the gross-out stuff serves the story, serves the characters. Like, every gross-out gag is there for a reason to serve the purpose. You know, he's shaving his face with the dead body's teeth. Yeah, that was the hardest one for me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But... What, uh... Let me ask you guys this. What do you think your favorite superpower of uh, Daniel... Or of Manny was? Uh... Or the most useful... I, I the the one that comes to mind off the top of my head is the shotgun where he loads his he loads his mouth full of rocks and he's able to slap them on the back and rock it out a bunch of and then it, or he'll load it with almost like a, a a bazooka cling a clingy like grapple and those are the two for me just wacky ones. yeah the the bazooka grapple was cool the uh well because like the the shotgun or, or machine gun we'll call it of pebbles I think they were using that to fish the, yes, I didn't correct. right. I think I assumed in the trailer that's what it was going to be for when they showed it, but uh, I did, don't remember them cooking fish after that. Maybe I just missed it. I really like uh, the, uh, the compass because it... Integral. How Manny ends up being a compass has to deal with them talking about sex and love, and then it becomes a tool, and I think it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because he's like... So he was showing. He was he was looking at a a Sports Illustrated hot chick, uh, and he gets this erection that is somehow pointing in a direction that's we don't really know north or or just maybe just to that woman's house. Mm-hmm. And then so Paul Dano has to convince him that he used to love the woman so that he would keep his boner going so they could find out where the house was. I mean, yeah, you know, could be just made up circumstances considering he probably knows exactly where the house is and he's just kind of playing make believe with himself and a dead body yeah yeah yeah. um i love the um yeah because we we see the bazooka twice and one of which he's able to get himself out of drowning because he's like being held down when they dive into the lake and then he's able to to use it to to shoot out and that that slow-mo shot was really cool as they're uh piercing the water and and uh, held in midair um was one of my favorite shots of the movie yeah, he just uh, uncorked himself I, to safety. Yeah, close. Oh yeah, he uncorked ass. him. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice callback to the to the cork he had to put in. Just, <laughs> I I also love when uh, when he first hears the the like the corpse fart. He's like, huh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> it hap- it it happens consistently and grosser and grosser. He's like, oh, it's not that funny anymore. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, all right. Well, that's uh, I guess that wraps up Swiss Army Man, and uh, let's dive into uh, Wiener Dog, which uh, looks really cool. I'm excited to see it, but I have not, so I'll uh, I'll I'll see the floor to you guys. Well, 
before we get into it, have you seen any of Todd Salon's movies, Hayes? Have you seen Happiness or Welcome to the Dollhouse? No, I don't know anything about him. I get he's been totally off my radar. I guess I I looked up the trailer for Happiness when you told me about it. That looks really funny. I saw the trailer for uh, Wiener Dog and um, excited to see Tracy Letts in it. Um, but yeah, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in nineteen ninety eight in Happiness. Yeah, I got um, Dylan Baker and you have um, Laura Flynn Boyle is in Happiness. John Lovitz. John Lovitz is in the first scene. Uh, then it's um, there, there's a couple other characters as well but um they're really he is definitely a hard watch and he does black comedies and they are i'm not overstating this the blackest comedies i've ever seen a lot of times the themes of his movies have to do with with subjects like rape with pedophilia with um excessive drug use uh but it's done it's done, and he, and he really tries to, like, prey into kind of the dark underbelly of the social, or the, the middle class, you'll say. It's very suburban, and it's, uh, there. It, it makes you squirm, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> they're, they're not easy to watch, um, but it, it's, it, it's so terribly dark that you sometimes chuckle at it, and it's one of those chuckles where you're going, I don't know why I'm laughing at this, this is so terrible. So Wiener Dog is the newest, uh, the newest movie that he's made, and it's four separate stories. It's almost four vignettes of uh, this little dog, and the little dog is owned by these four people, and they're all kind of terrible in their own way. So it's Tracy Letts and Julie Deeply from the Before Sunrise series. They're uh, they're kind of a rich hoity-toity couple, and they buy the dog for their little boy who just survived cancer, <clears throat> and. That one ends up kind of being what me and Bobby we, we thought the sweetest one of the of the of the four stories, correct, Bobby? Yeah, it's definitely the sweetest of the four. Yeah, and so the little boy is kind of, uh, and 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 another theme is because I don't know if you caught this, Bobby, but I always thought that happiness, the overarching theme of that one, was sexuality, and like and you know how dark and 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 the places that sexuality can get us, and then this one was definitely mortality. Like the little boy is worried about the the mortality of the dog, correct? Yeah, every single vignette has different variations of death, talking about birth or stopping birth, like the first one. Yeah, the first one, the dog has to get spayed, and the little boy is upset about it. And so Julie Deeply, like, is that how you say her name? Julie Deeply or Deeply? The French actress? Anyway, she kind of launches into a, uh, a story about how her childhood dog got raped and it got dog AIDS and it died. And so if it, if it wouldn't have, if it wouldn't have, um, if it would have been spayed, maybe its life would have been saved. But because it had all these puppies and all the puppies died of stillbirth, it was just like, it's like a horrible, horrible story. Um, but anyway, so then the dog moves on to, um, it, it's a follow-up of the welcome to the dollhouse the, the two characters from that movie end up having the dog and they go on a road trip um and then the four there's a little intermission which is one of the best parts of the movie <laughs> it's just this like wiener dog wiener dog and, and the dog is like walking through all this green screen of like the prairies and like horses galloping paris. and yeah paris and you know all sorts of just odd <laughs> things and it, it just says intermission across the top of the screen and then it, go, it cuts right back into danny devito who's who's kind of perfect for a movie like this these like these like soul 
sucking black comedies and like here's little Danny DeVito waddling around and he's a screenwriter like a, a, a used to be famous screenwriter but now he's working as a professor in this uh, shitty college and everybody hates him all the students hate him and he's kind of old hat and you know that's happening to him and then the, the fourth story is Ellen Bernstein who's this woman dying of, of cancer and she's named the dog cancer and you know she has her granddaughter coming over and trying to leech money off of her and so that's kind of the the the, the four vignettes that you go through but it's and i say that there's some really troubling shit in this movie yeah each story has its little gem of what the fuck every single one has has one of those moments bob led on to the talk between the mother and the son about the raped dog which is for me the most uncomfortable part of the entire film i think uh, even though it was also hilarious because it was just wildly inappropriate. Yeah, and she's telling it to the six-year-old kid. You know, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> and then, you know, DeVito, uh, you know, and, and, and some people, speaking of people walking out, some people are really upset about the movie because it doesn't have animal cruelty in it necessarily, but I would definitely not suggest the movie if you are uh, overly sensitive to to animals. If it's something that that is it really hits on your sensitivities, like do not go see Wiener Dog, because well, things happen. It's amazing to think about a movie like this even getting made. I mean, would the director have to personally fund it himself? I mean, I feel like studios these days are only making the comic book movies because they make money. I mean, in theory. Yeah, this is uh, this guy's so, like, kind of famously indie. He's always kind of had really low budget, really small production. I mean, you're, this is going to be found in most art houses, uh, not necessarily your major cineplex. He writes and yeah. produces and directs all of his own stuff, so everything is straight out of his head, straight out of his pocket, straight out of his heart. So I'm oh, that's cool. To actually, yeah, uh, okay. This guy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's he's he has a he definitely does does not care for his audience members in the way of it's it's basically the movies are like getting dragged through the mud for two hours and then at the end it's just like a big f you and then well, you're welcome to go home now and it's 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 hard man I, i'm telling you you squirm in your your seat and we saw it at a free screening for the av club yeah. and there was an old woman at the end and people you know something terrible happens and and so the audience kind of starts to do that uncomfortable laugh and this old woman just started shouting at the rest of the movie theater, like, what are you laughing at? There's nothing funny about this. Why are you all laughing? Really? And and so then the audience started laughing more because it's like, oh, here's the people that get really upset at the Todd Salons movies. And it's, I don't know how this old woman got a ticket to the AV club free showing, but <laughs> she was there and she was really upset. And so it's just, he does not, he wants his audiences to squirm. He, he doesn't necessarily want you to have fun. And it's, it's very very dark and it's it's uneasy but it's it also makes you think honestly it makes you think and it it gets an emo- it gets emotion out of me somehow but i i well, wouldn't necessarily I mean, say i have fun watching them right okay well i mean it's probably with that woman right it's probably like your typical theater um season ticket holder well that they'll just go to anything that's playing yeah probably. Uh, you think or i don't know but she um, she was screaming at uh, at everybody in the theater which which honestly was it made the experience a little more interesting for us it gave us another sort of audience member that's not bob and i that's just like who knows what she was expecting a movie called wiener dog it's got this cute dog on the on the poster it's got reputable actors <laughs> yeah yeah, so yeah. i want to know what she was expecting going into this because guaranteed 
she had no idea what was going on until yeah. the movie was in action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and yeah, that's the thing. Do not go thinking it's going to be like a sweet little movie about a wiener dog. Because even the description on IMDb is like uh, four different stories about how the this dog affects these people in their everyday lives. And it's like, no, this is <laughs> like this is very dark. It is very, and there is a dog involved. And uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, right here. Uh, a dachshund passes from oddball owner to oddball owner whose radically dysfunctional lives are all impacted by the pooch. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> just, like that is what that she sounds called. like a Disney film. Yeah, it sounds like these sad people that get the dog and now they're happy again and like pass the dog on to the next person. And that is not what happens. At this, all. Is, this is not the secret life of pets. This is the complete opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. And the secret right. life of pets is also opening on the same weekend. So I'm wondering if there's going to be these old ladies that are taking their kids into the wrong movie <laughs> come see this thing instead of oh well secret life of pets is sold out bummer oh well this movie's about a cute little wiener dog yeah oh, i like God. wiener dogs oh man Do, uh, do you does think it, he did does it, it on give... purpose <laughs> you think they released it on purpose like that? todd salons would he absolutely would it must have been in part of the plan uh does it give too much away uh if you guys tell me like how the vignettes are strung together like how does this dog pass from so many owners it Is doesn't that... really because it's not necessarily explained like the little boy well, the, the first one is explained because the little boy feeds the dog granola bars and then the dog has terrible diarrhea and so much so where tracy Letts is the the asshole dad and after the first night he just takes it to the pound to be put down and then oh, the second okay. owner is a veterinarian at the pound who oh, doesn't want to put okay. the dog down, so she nurses it back to health. Um, and so that's the, how the dog gets passed to the first one. But then she leaves the dog with a family member, and then the second, and then they do the intermission, and then all of a sudden it's with Danny DeVito, and we don't know how that happened. So, and then after Danny DeVito, we don't know how it gets to Ellen Burstyn. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, she's just like, ah, fuck it. I don't really feel like stringing it together anymore. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, I did, I did, I did, I, uh, having not seen it at all, only the trailer, I did enjoy Tracy Letts right at the top of the trailer just walking around with this little cute little dog. Heel, motherfucker. 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 That's pretty much his Very, uh, very, 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 uh, very elements of uh, teach from American Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. And which we saw uh, him play theater queer uh, over yeah, down uh, yeah. at the Steppenwolf. He's a he's a Chicago uh, theater legend here. So it was it, anytime to see Tracy Letts on screen is is fun. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that's right. We did see American Buffalo at Steppenwolf. Um, little theater queer corner there for you. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps that up. What, what's your grade for it, guys? Uh, I am deep or a Rotten Tomato grade out of a hundred. I would give it. I I honestly didn't like it. Didn't didn't enjoy the experience that much. Still an interesting movie. I'd give it a sixty five percent. I'd probably so say six five out of a ten. Between a fifty five and a sixty. Yeah. Uh, I know what I'm getting with Todd Salon's movies. So they're not like Bob said. They're not exactly the most enjoyable films to watch, but they make you feel something, which is super important. But yeah. He, I've seen now, Todd now, I, I honestly stuck in my head. I, I was still thinking about it even this morning. I woke up and had a thought about it. So it's one of those movies that'll hang with you. But it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's a tough watch. Right. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, yeah, I can't believe I've never heard of this guy at all. But, all right, well, let's uh, quickly move on to... Uh, Trivia. Bob's Trivia Corner. Bob's Trivia Corner. Okay, this week, guys, I got a few movies here. Um, I'm going to give you three actors, and you guys have to give me the name of the title in which all three of these actors work together, okay? 
Okay. All right. So the first one, Paul Dano, Elizabeth Banks, and Paul Giamatti. Love and Mercy. That is correct. Bobby Peterson. That was I, I wanted to throw a softball up there to get us started. Okay, second one. Danny DeVito, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, and Jan Hooks of SNL. Now, these aren't necessarily starring roles. They don't need to be like the stars, but... Right, Danny Jan De- Hooks, man. Danny DeVito, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, and Jan Hooks of SNL. Batman Returns? Uh, Correct. Correct. Pee Wee Herman was Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman is in the first scene. He's the penguin's dad, who like throws him into the the water, and then he like travels to. Hunger. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. Who is Jan Hooks in that? I don't know. Someone she, named she, Jan- play, she plays a reporter, and she's talking to uh, Oswald Cobblepot, uh, the penguin, and she's like being all cutesy with him, and he's like trying to like hit on her when he's like eating the fish. Oh, that's like, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Uh, so Jan Hooks. Wow. Um, the next one, Chris Cooper, Dermot Merloni, Merloni, and Juliette Lewis. Can never say that guy's name right. Chris Cooper, Dermot Merloni, Juliette Lewis. Uh, American Beauty. Was Juliette Lewis in that? Incorrect. <laughs> Natural Born Killers. Incorrect. Anyone have? You guys have any other guesses? That is uh, part of Theater Queer Corner. That's August Osage County. Oh, oh right, Letts, right, yeah. Tracy Letts famous play, August Osage I County. I forgot Julia Lewis was in that. Yeah, so she's one of the sisters. And then finally, I, oh, wait, were you going to say <clears throat> Hayes? No, just that uh, I saw Juliet Lewis do a kick-ass cover of um, Dirty Deeds by ACDC at a, uh, a private event I worked a couple oh, months ago. Oh, okay. All right, little uh, L.A. insider there for us. <laughs> yeah, little L.A. insider. All right, and then finally we have Ellen Bernstein, Matthew McConaughey, and John Lithgow. Some heavy hitters, damn. John Lithgow, Matthew McConaughey, hmm. Ellen Bernstein. Throw a guess out there, Peterson. First one in your brain. Sahara. Requiem Incorrect. for a dream. Not Requiem. It's Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar. Oh yeah, of course he was the dad. Yeah, John the, Lithgow yeah. was the dad, and then Ellen Burstyn was the the daughter in the future. She was the old woman daughter. You know how like. Oh wow! You know, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Murph grows up, and Damn. she's like an old woman Murph. dying and dead. It's Murph is played by Ellen Burstyn. Anyway, uh, do you guys want to do a real cool. quick uh, right. Last Man Standing with Danny DeVito or one of these other actors that we were talking about? Absolutely. You want to do one? Just, we'll Let's start with Hayes, out. and we'll go in a circle, and we'll just name as many uh, Danny DeVito movies. Yeah, so it'll go Hayes, me, and then Bobby. All right. All right, I'll start with uh, Matilda. Uh, the Lorax. Batman Returns, guys. <laughs> Softball. Um, uh, uh, twins. Rainmaker. Throw Mama from the Train. Ah, oh, damn it. That's one of mine. <laughs> uh... uh Oh, uh, get shorty. Yeah, that's one. Um, uh, uh, oh, he was the voice of the the evil monster in Space Jam. Uh, the sequel to Get Shorty, Be Cool. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, there's so many. Um, all right, I'm out. I can't. It took too long. I like confidential. Twins. Then twins is already said. Damn Game it. Game over. I'm sure there's a lot more. But yep, that's anyway. So that's it for Bob's trivia corner. Decent showing. Cool. Uh, so I just uh, maybe a preview for next uh, episode. Actually, I wanted to um, see if you guys had heard about the movie Tickled, this kind of like horror documentary about this uh, tickling um, we have, organization. We have seen that. And um, it's actually playing right down the street from me, so I would be happy to go check that out for next week. Yeah. Tickled. That looks really cool. It's very like like kind of like a catfish vibe. Yeah, that's exactly right. what so, we said too. We said it gives us a catfish vibe. So hopefully it's not gonna let me down as as much as the the climax of Catfish did. But uh, yeah, it looks very odd. An investigative documentary here where it's an underground tickling ring that basically, from what the trailer leads us to believe, is leveraging young men or blackmailing them into tickle videos I, I i i can't really put my finger on exactly what it's going to be but looks interesting yeah don't give yeah. Them a strangers all, right. all your info <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that it looks so bizarre and uh off the um, subject of uh the wiener dogs uh, i've got to mention that uh, our good friend cameron dodge white's bar is holding a dog day afternoon t- uh, today and uh, all sundays into the future where a uh, monthly um it's an event where a puppy from an adoption from No Kill LA will be brought in to play with guests on the patio, and uh, and uh, revelers are encouraged to bring their own dogs. All and right, shout out to our favorite toys bar, the and water, <laughs> the Lincoln in Venice. And speaking Dog of wieners, Greg Ott used to scream, "My wiener!" My wiener! Every time we lived with him back on Diversity Street, and Andrew Papa has a wiener as well. So a good shout out to our our donor, a- Andrew Papa. A big red hot tamale shaped one. <laughs> and on that note, uh, that's going to do it. I'm Matt. He's Bob. This has been the Analysis. Thanks to Bobby Peterson for coming on. Later. We sang and we danced and it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>